This episode and every episode of the Beer Guys Radio Show is brought to you by Ironmonger Brewing. Visit Ironmonger at their taproom in Marietta, Georgia, or online at ironmongerbrewing.com. Open up a tab, grab a seat, and pour a pint. It's time for the Beer Guys Radio Show. You want free beer? Go to the brewery. Dedicated to the art, science, and enjoyment of craft beer. Yo, what's wrong with the beer we got? Now, here are your hosts, Tim Dennis and Brian Hewitt. Welcome to the Beer Guys Radio Show. We're broadcasting from the Beer Guys Radio Studios in beautiful Marietta, Georgia. This week, we're going to be talking beer news, current events, Brian. We've got some Super Bowl commercial talk. We and, do. Uh, a variety of things. Bourbon scandals. Oh, yeah, yeah. Bourbon scandals. Yeah, yeah, good stuff. But I am Tim Dennis, and with me, as always, my good friend, co-host, Brian Hewitt. That's right. So, Super Bowl commercials, we're definitely going to talk about those. There's a Cheerwine Ale collaboration we're probably going to get into a little bit. Uh, Virtual reality beer tastings and a whole bunch of other stuff, too. It's going to be a show absolutely jam-packed with beer intrigue, Tim. Jam-packed. Yes. Did we talk about our desire for a Cheerwine beer on the show to where we have some proof that we talked about it before it actually happened or was that off air that we were talking I don't, about i don't know if it was if it was on the show or in the, the live stream or i think we did yeah and i may have i may have seen that mentioned on twitter before we did it so i don't know if we could take full credit for subconscious it, but there that it was, yeah it was i know that there. somebody specifically okay. mentioned that and uh but yes i i kind of agreed with it and i think we talked about it in your and the thoughts were that it seemed unlikely that the uh, the cheer wine folks would be down with a beverage with their name containing alcohol. Perhaps. See, I think we mentioned that that's a possibility, but I also thought North Carolina born and bred cheer wine, and there's so many good breweries in North Carolina. I kind of saw it as a like I'm like this could happen. Oh yeah, yeah, this could happen. But since we're already talking about that, it's happening. It is happening. It's yes. happening, Brian. Noda Brewing is getting together. They're doing a cheer wine L and you had commented to them on Twitter. Hey, we were just talking about a hard cheer wine. They were quick to correct you. This is not a hard cheer wine. It is not. It is a cheer wine L a wheat L. Correct. Correct. It is a cheer wine wheat ale. So that sounds a wheat good ale made with that cheer sounds wine good itself. To me. Yeah. I, I want to try that. So I think it'd be good. I, I'll have to see if it, uh, if it makes it down here to Georgia or maybe we'll have to do a run to North Carolina. I think we're going to need mules. They're they're putting it out. They are releasing it uh, in in limited kegs, but also there will be cans in distribution. Unfortunately, the distribution I think is all going to be North Carolina retailers. Okay, so it's a it's going to be fairly limited. Uh, but uh, yeah, we know people. Yeah, exactly. So we'll see. What we can work out there. That would be a fun one to try. You know what I didn't realize is how much people had been using cheer wine and other things. They mentioned in the press release that people have been using it like cocktails and in barbecue sauce. And I'm like, oh yeah. I had I had no idea. I like I just knew it was like a a staple drink here in the I south. I think sodas are not that uncommon in in barbecue sauces or marinades. My mom used to do a brisket where she used Coke in there, and it was for flavor as well as some tender tenderization. Is that the right word? Is that a word? Tenderization. Yeah. Seems, yeah. So seems it was part enough. of the marinade there, but it it does make a good. I know people have made like a basting sauce with Coke in in their barbecue sauce, like you mentioned. So those type of flavors and that caramel stickiness sugar. Lend, them, lend themselves pretty well to that. I think there was a place, and we went to it that since closed. It was a barbecue joint. The, the barbecue sauce, I think it was convinced it was possibly made with maybe like a Dr. Pepper or something like that. Okay. I'm wondering if that was cheer wine, actually. And I just, through the smoking process or whatever, just missed, Couldn't you know, my guess. So what it was. cheer wine there. Yeah, interesting. Wouldn't be bad. 
but Brian, so what did you think of the Super Bowl overall? What did you think of the entire spectacle of the Super Bowl? That was a good show. It's uh, down to the down to the wire. I know people had uh, issues with calls made that affected the outcome of the game, but as somebody that wasn't terribly vested in who won, I was definitely I, Philly side, but uh, it isn't the end of the world for me, really. I think the fact that you referred to it as a good show instead of a good game probably is pretty indicative of your <laughs> of your football. Well, I'm used to call it talking about our show. But they yes, they good were sports team very well there. It was yeah. uh no, but it was a good game, competitive game. If you're uh was talking to a friend of mine and he commented he's a, he's in Philly, big Philly fan, and he's like, I don't want a close game. You know, he's like, I don't want a good game. He's like, a good game is a close game is good when you're not emotionally invested in one of the teams in there. You know, you don't want to be stressed the entire time. So, and that's probably why I wanted it the other way around because just one team just absolutely stomping on another team doesn't do much for me. Right. I'm like, and oh, this can, is sad. It know? can get right. It get, it can get to a point where you're like, oh, this is just unpleasant to watch. This is just a slaughter. But when they're they're doing strategic things and safeguarding their timeouts to try to use it and leverage it and using strategy. Uh, just just with the the bureaucracy of the game in general, just to to try to make it happen, that's that's neat. Like everybody's pulling at the stops, trying to make everything happen, both on the field and off. So, what did you think about Rihanna's halftime game? <laughs> Her halftime game <laughs> that was a good game. Now, you know, it was entertaining. It was a it was a good spectacle. The uh, I thought we had a streaming right. sync issue yeah. when we were watching no. it. So no, no, that's she was she was off. It was it was poor lip syncing. I, I like the songs. I thought the pre, the show itself was good, but there were several times it was almost hard to follow because she was just so far off what was happening there. And uh, again, I thought it was way off. And you commented, I think our stream's just out of sync. But a lot of other people said the same thing because she was she was actually singing, uh, looking like she was singing. When nothing was, when there was yeah. none of her voice, and then just not Looking at all. Looking off in the other direction when the songs were played. Oh, like, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, she, well, maybe she couldn't hear anything, but I would figure she could hear. If she has yeah. to sink, shouldn't she be able to hear what she's yes. singing? I'm sure they've to, got so. a monitor in the ear there yeah. where they can. So they can that was bad. Yeah, it was. It was. But Brian, I think the important thing here is the, uh, the commercials that played the beer commercials. Yes. There were several beer commercials. Uh, during the Super Bowl, and this was the first time I think it was in 30 years. Do you know, Brian, that that AB has not had an exclusive? I think it was about that? 30 years, or so something to that. Effect, so we got yeah. some variety. Yeah, a little time. bit. It's the, the interesting thing is the variety was that uh, instead of having all of the commercials, uh, AB and Bev had five, and everybody else, Miller Coors and Sam Adams, had one each. So it was kind of like I think they saved a bunch of money in that way. They they probably got. Better bang for their buck, maybe, but by letting their comp- competition have some commercial time, their competition really outshone them, uh, in my opinion. Uh, I, did you have a particular favorite beer no, commercial? No, and, and I'm looking here at the notes on all of the commercials it played, and I missed several of them. It looks like, like I had no idea that AB and Bev had five out there. You know, I remember the one where they had the what were the two beers, Miller and uh, where they were had Miller the, and Coors Light, Miller and Coors Light or Light and Coors Light, right? And then yeah. at the end, uh, they boom. Blue Moon. Yeah, that's so I remember that one for sure. Um, but that's the your cousin's brighter boss, and that was a fun one. I, I don't I don't have a favorite because I don't I don't remember some of these. Yeah, that was uh I really liked the uh the Miller Light versus Coors Light boom surprise, it's uh Blue Moon. That was my second favorite. The one I liked the most, I, I think you I've I'm sure you saw this, the Bush one with uh uh 
Sarah McLaughlin. I caught the end of that one. Was she singing something in the uh, arms of the angel? Like the, you know, the the shelter dog, it was a reference to the shelter dogs. And uh, the guy opens the can and says, so it sounds like he's hushing her a little bit. It's just like uh, wrong shelter, Sarah. And by the way, that's a wolf. And so she's okay. in a she's in a tent with a wolf, and then she goes, ah, you know. Okay. Anyway, okay, I missed that. That was my favorite. Sounds like a fun one. It though. was yes. You were you were too busy. Uh, I don't know, drinking and uh, probably eating your mouth, chicken probably. wings and yeah. eating chicken wings and drinking. That's your cousin right. Sprider Boston was also pretty good. Where the the dude uh, had a, a daydream about people from Boston being nice to each other, saying all the things like they're about to fight, and then doing nice things for each other. So that was a, that was a fun one. That was like my uh, like my third favorite. So I think the all the other ones were kind of. Not terribly memorable. Like there was a Caddyshack one for Michelob Ultra that I, I, I'm not a big Caddyshack or a golf guy, so maybe it didn't speak to me as well. All the other ones were forget about, forgettable. And uh, I think that the the three that I mentioned were were good, but not some of the greatest that are out there. But okay, uh, yeah. So it was it was entertaining. Fun, him. Brian. Yeah. Fun. So did I did I mention that? AB InBev had five commercials you in the did. thing. Yeah. And, and, and we just, didn't even realize they had more than two. No. Yeah. No, so didn't. so forgettable. So that's so. how memorable the commercials exactly. are. Exactly. Well, Tim, I think it's time for the beers of the week. Brian, as always, we have a fantastic list of beers to get into here. We want to thank our friends at Nest, at the Nest, the Nest, for always sponsoring this segment. Craft beer, barbecue, good stuff. We love their chicken wings. Go check them out if you're in downtown Kennesaw, Georgia. So we have one of your favorites, Brian, a classic from out west. We have a little Deschutes Black Butte Porter here from Iron Hill in memory as a tribute to the Eagles here. We have a little Philly favorite gymnastics Depa, which is a collaboration beer from Cellar Maker and Trillium. And from Humble Forger, we're currently sipping this right now, Enchanted Island, Brian, which is a hurricane tiki sour. And it's tart. The first sip I took of it was a good old punch there. It's it's thick, too. Sour and thick. So good stuff. We're going to take a break. You're listening to the Beer Guys Radio Show, and we will be right back. It's Brian and Tim, the Beer Guys. If you're like us, no lunch or dinner is complete without a pint or two of craft beer. Which is why Truck and Tap in downtown Woodstock, Alpharetta, and Duluth are always on our list. Tim, why do they call it Truck and Tap? Well, the tap part is easy, Brian. They've got 18 of them. As for the truck part, that's where it gets interesting. Truck and Tap features your favorite Atlanta area food trucks, so you're getting a different menu every day. Truck and Tap in downtown Woodstock, Alpharetta, and Duluth. Truckandtap.com. Let them know that the beer guys sent you. the beer guys on facebook twitter and instagram back off man i'm a scientist now back to the beer guys radio show welcome back to the beer guys radio show remember all episodes are available on demand so if you miss the broadcast get the podcast beer guys radio is available on the podcast park and all popular and unpopular podcasting apps let's get back to the show brian you know another big holiday is coming up another drinking holiday it is yes and uh very soon it is going to be fat tuesday Mm. Marty Gras. My favorite Tuesday. The favorite Tuesday. But that's uh, coming up on the 21st. It will be uh, Fat Tuesday there. So, yes. Uh, and king cakes are out. And I believe that some folks have got some suggestions that if you're eating king cake, what beer to pair up with it, right? Yes. Yes, they do. Uh, it's not as much information as you'd expect, but king cakes are something I didn't even know about until I moved into the South. 
never heard of right. them when I was in sure. the Northwest. Yeah. So there are a variety of king cakes. Are you aware of this, Tim? Oh, sure. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. I didn't know this. There's like a chocolate yeah. one and yeah. cream cheese one and a bunch of other stuff. So the stuff standard like one is like kind of the cakey pastry with the the colored icings on it. Yeah. You yeah. Know, and then just like crystallized sugar. And something they've changed since I was a young lad. I lived in Mississippi as a young, and we were close enough to Louisiana that, you know, Mardi Gras was a big thing there. You know, they did the king cakes and all sure. that. But they used to put the baby in the cake. And I don't, I don't know places that still do that. Around here, they don't. You'll get in a little packet on the side or something like that. But back then, man, that plastic baby was baked into the cake. Do they have a little pocket in the cake for you to stuff the baby in yourself? No, or? no, I don't know. I don't know what they do with it now, but they don't, they're not coming in there. I guess maybe liabilities in that. They didn't want a chunk of plastic stuffed in a cake. I think that the, uh, they banned some uh, Kinder chocolates from Germany because they, they used to put yeah. little babies inside the little, chocolates. Little things that are choking yeah. hazards. So anyway, yeah, there's a bunch of them. Uh, yeah, brioche dough versus puff pastry. And I think mm-hmm. you, you, brioche sounds better to me, I think, than puff pastry, but... Anyway, anyway, so in terms of possible beer pairings, one I saw that was recommended very strongly is a beta strawberry or any other kind of fruit beer on the lighter side, possibly raspberry or cherry. Uh, the the review I read of somebody who tried that said this was a great pairing together. So I could see that. Yeah, sure. seems yeah. seems reasonable. Parish Canebrake came up came up a few times. That's a weed ale from Louisiana. Uh, let's see, a crisp lager of any variety. When, especially when you're dealing with the lighter king cakes, like the cream cheese ones that aren't really heavy, not one of the chocolate ones, but maybe one of the lighter flavored ones. That's a good call. If you're going with a chocolate uh, king cake, a coffee stout's a good idea. Because I think that, yeah. I think coffee, maybe like a coffee blonde or a coffee lager would be good with these. Because if I'm going to eat a dessert like that, I kind of want some coffee to go with it. Not around anymore, Brian, and not Louisiana, but Boulevard's Coffee Ale that used to exist. Oh, yeah. It's a fantastic pairing with pastries. That is so right. That, that would go really well with that it. That would be amazing. They need to bring that back. There's also the possibility of uh, Belgian Double, Triple, or Golden being a good combination, or maybe a Brown Ale. Of course, there are a lot of King Cake beers on the market, so you could probably pair a King Cake beer with a King Cake, depending on the variety. There's a few that I'm aware of. Oscar Blue's Death by King Cake. Highwire does a King Cake 10W40 beer. Uh, Pipeworks does a King Cake beer. And our friends at Neutral Ground also do They do. A King our Cake buddy beer. Stan. Who yeah. We have uh, sprinkles and everything on. We have brewed with in a tornado. Yes, that's right. Stan we have. Before. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so they do one down there. He said it's their, it's a big seller when it's on tap there. And they do yours, theirs year round. They don't just wait for Mardi Gras. So Neutral Ground with Stan is from Texas. Indeed. And his partner from Louisiana. So yeah, they they embrace that. They got that legit. They got that Louisiana side of legit. Yeah, it's that's that's fun. I like that they they have a rim on it, a king cake rim. So I would I'd, I'd try the two together. We did not because when we had them on, we didn't have king cake. We did not. Ready, but we, we had the not. beer. So yeah. and that was fun. So that's that's what you're looking at. You don't want to go too big, too heavy, or too bold with your beers when you're pairing it with king cake because you want the king cake flavors to come through. We should go in and and see if we have time. Probably, I mean, it would be late, I'm sure, but. We should order us one from one of the Louisiana bakeries that does them upright because I think I've heard there's a couple places in the Atlanta area that do a pretty good king cake, but like Publix usually offers them. They're acceptable, Brian. They're acceptable. I don't know that they're the best, but they're acceptable. It's a grocery store. So, I mean, I, I kind of figure almost any pastry you're getting out of a grocery store that's, you know, the store brand version of it. I kind of expect it to be acceptable, but not the best. Some of them are good. Some of the stuff they nail is pretty good. Now, if it were a sandwich coming from Publix, I would expect top yeah, notch yeah, for the that. Pub sub, but, man. Yeah, we, we know because that they do quality stuff. there. But 
is what happens if you don't think ahead and order it. Have you tried many of these king cake beers? I've had so the neutral ground one that was good. It was light. It was good, and I think it would be ideal for pairing with a king cake because it wasn't super heavy, super sweet, or anything like that. I believe I've had death by king cake, and I thought that was always uh, also all right. But okay, yeah. Uh, the other ones, I would definitely try the king cake W ten W forty. I think that's more likely to be a stout. Maybe should be had some something you have on your own, and probably heavy on the lactose because that ten W forty. Uh, it's a big beer beer theme yeah. has like it's a heavy stout typically and i think they have lactose in them too but those have all been really good that might be the best one of the of the three that are the four or two that i mentioned to have on its own so as opposed to all by itself yeah Brian. all by itself Absolutely. it stands alone probably we'll have to see man we'll have to see what we can do with that for sure indeed indeed we will so tim yes brian let's talk about a virtual reality tell me yeah yeah so north coast brewing's uh, coming out with a virtual reality beer taste tasting. And uh, it's a guided beer tasting led by the brewmaster, Chuck Martins. The kit includes four 12-ounce beers, Scrum Shop Porter, Prankster Belgian Golden, Pacific Magic IPA, which is a new beer from them, and Old Rasputin Russian Imperial Stout, four custom co- uh, coasters, and access to their MetaQuest 2 app. So you need to have the virtual reality goggles to do this. Uh when you t- do the experience, apparently it includes a, a VR flyover of the Fort Bragg coastline and a visit to their Fortune Farm, which I didn't read into, but apparently has something to do with sustainability and uh, I think carbon neutrality. So there's there's a whole thing involved in that, and they're very proud of it. So this is currently only available in California, unfortunately, but what do you think about virtual reality beer tastings? This is a good I idea. I need some clarification. Or a dumb idea. I need some clarification. Right. So. Is this something that you like go to the brewery and do this or or you do it in the comfort of your own home? So people in California can order the set and uh, it's sent to them and they need to have the headsets and they can do it themselves at home. So if you get the beers on your own, can I do it from Georgia? Can I still get into these? At, why would they limit? And you may I may be asking I may be going too deep here. You might my be questions, Brian. But is there a reason they have it limited to California? Other than the availability of sending out the beers, I think it's a matter of the set because the I, I'm not sure about the availability of, availability of the Pacific Magic IPA. I believe it's a newer beer, and I haven't seen that around. I'm not sure if that hits distribution outside of California, but I think it's it's a, a package deal. I wonder about that too. I don't see a reason why you couldn't get three of the four beers and sit sit in on the virtual reality experience and just i don't know sip water while they're talking about the uh, the fourth beer you don't have sure i don't know i didn't see any kind of explanation as to why but they're rolling out the 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 kit itself just to california okay my now, thoughts on it i it, it would be fine uh, i think it's uh, it's gimmicky but i think that's the intention of it there uh i'm not sure the uh, the appeal to me, you know, the VR fly- flyover. Current, now, viewing their farm, if I'm not able to actually physically get out there to the farm, maybe kind of cool. But, you know, everybody's trying to get AI and VR and stuff into it. But don't use Bing AI because it's already just, <laughs> yeah, it's Bing, losing its mind already. The Bing AI is, is going over the, it's going over the Fort Bragg cliff on the coast. It there. is. Yeah. It is. Uh, would be cool, I guess. Yeah, generally cool. I'm not I'm not losing my mind over. What do you think of it, Brian? I like the idea. I, I like the idea of uh, if you'd like to. And I think you're right about it being all tied into this. I'd like a, a tasting where you could go into an app and say, hey, I'm drinking this. I want I want to have a little 
mini tasting with the, the guy who brewed it. I'd like to sit through that. I like the idea of like a brewery tour in VR because I've got, right. I've used VR to go on maps to go look at breweries in, in countries and states I can't get to, but there's no tour. You're relying on what's on the, the street view and what people have taken pictures of in like a 360 uh, with a 360 camera. And that's okay, but it would be cool if I could go to Cantillon with my VR headset and actually walk around and look at everything as per whenever they took the camera footage. Like, Agreed. You can't really I think do that's that. the thing with this is I think it'd be neat. But if uh, if I'm drinking their old Rasputin and I'm sitting there with old Rasputin with Rasputin telling me about the beer, that would be cool. Oh, that would be even that. better. Yeah. So, you're listening to the Beer Guys Radio Show. We need to take a break, but we will be right back. Have you visited Ironmonger Brewing recently? Take a trip and see the newly renovated and spacious tap room or enjoy the outdoors in their new beer garden with plenty of seating and shade to ease that summer sun. Ironmonger's tap room has a variety of craft beer and hard seltzer on tap with wine and spirits coming soon. Ready for a bit of adventure? Try out axe throwing with Ironmonger's 16 target range. It's the perfect spot for some quick fun or to host your next party or corporate event. So grab your friends and have some fun today at Ironmonger Brewing. Follow the Beer Guys on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Next Friday is Hawaiian Shirt Day. So, you know, if you want to, go ahead and uh, wear a Hawaiian shirt and jeans. Now, back to the Beer Guys Radio Show. Welcome back to the Beer Guys Radio Show. I want to give a quick shout-out to our newest radio affiliate, WOMI, 1490 AM in Owensboro, Kentucky. Catch Beer Guys Radio and WOMI every Saturday at 3 p.m. Let's get back to the show. Brian, there's so much drama in the craft beer world. There is. There's unions and there, I was like craft, not just craft beer, bourbon scandals too. Yeah, indeed. Got this stuff going on, but we'd mentioned recently about uh, Georgia, the brewers at, at uh, creature conference, looking to form the uh, brewers union of Georgia bug. Uh, but it looks like they're not the only ones with that in mind. Right? Yeah, that is correct. I think this is something I'm seeing mentioned a lot on social media, especially in reference to breweries. So I think there's something happening here. I, I don't know if there's kind of a, the unions are are getting behind or organizing to get this into breweries because, you know, the funny thing we all hear about or kind of the running joke is, is that people come in and they work for the brewery, work late, and they, their bonus is, well, we'll order some pizzas and give you some low-fill beers. And so that that doesn't fly as much anymore. Can't pay rent with that. Yeah, yeah, especially now where things are a little tighter, stuff's more expensive, it's not working. So, But the workers at Widmere Brothers are brewing are Woodmere Brothers Brewing are joining the Teamsters. They have 54 new uh, Teamsters members. They formed the union because they weren't getting as paid as other AB InBev-owned unionized breweries. So they they saw what everybody else was getting paid. It's owned by AB InBev and said, we're getting paid peanuts compared to these guys. So uh, they cite other issues like workplace safety, scheduling issues, and health care plan issues. I think that their health care plans just aren't aren't great. So... Widmere being out of uh, the, I believe that's, I believe that's Oregon. Is that Southern Washington? I believe that's Oregon, Widmere. So, uh, so there you go. That's more union activity happening. This just happened, I believe. I believe this was announced this week. So, Brian, do you have any information on how uh, the owners of Widmere reacted to it? 
I no, I didn't see okay. I didn't see anything about that. I I, I assumed was curious if there was a voluntary recognition as I know that they tried to get with creature comforts, but uh I didn't see a scandal like that. My my assumption is that uh well, I don't know if I can fairly assume that. I yeah, don't, I'm not an expert can. in this work, but they announced that they were members of it. So I think at this point, it could there could be an issue with uh, them looking for recognition. It wasn't mentioned, though. It was just right. kind of a matter of fact, like, it, this is done. This is over with, over with. And this is the Teamster, so I'm not sure if Widmere is willing to go up against the Teamster. So yeah, it's not yeah, like... New yeah, guys on the block. We've been, we've done this before. Yeah, we've buried bodies. And this union covers a lot of things. Apparently, uh, the beverage business, including beer, is involved. So there may be other Teamsters unions in breweries already that I'm unaware of. But this this uh, particular local chapter covers a wide swath of you know industry. Do you know if the is the Teamsters union the other ABN Bev owned breweries? Is that the unions that that, that they fall under? I don't know that. Okay. No, and it, right. it, it, if it is, it, they're probably different chapters. But it's it, you know what? That's a really that's a good question. I don't. Right. I don't. Well, know thanks that. for all the info. I, yeah, I do appreciate it. Uh, my but apologies. You know I didn't dig deep into it. You know what though? Interesting here. You know, Brian. You and I have talked. I am not just carte blanche in favor of unions. I, I think there are certain situations to where a union can be the best result, and probably the employees know the best. But I think some people are. Just yes, union, no matter what. There, there's some True. people that are just pro-union. But if you're part of a large corporation like that and all the other companies are getting X dollars and you know you're getting less, I get it. I get it if you can't go up and you know negotiate to get that if you're facing that. I, I, I get why they would want to unionize there. So th- them being owned by AB InBev, I was thinking about it in terms of them being owned by you know the Widmere Brothers, but Widmere Brothers is, a, is a, an AB InBev property. I don't think that it, that they're going to run afoul of breweries. It's a bad look for them. They've got a lot of money behind them. I assume that since they own other union properties, that this was just accepted. And maybe it was implied by it not being mentioned because, man, that would look really bad. Right. You know, they but, don't want the bad press. But also, I think we get into kind of messy territory there if we should expect every brewery to have the same wage standards, so to speak. You know, true. Where the, where the brewery is located and that all of this stuff plays into it, you know. Um but on the flip side of that, like look at something like Johnson and Johnson. They own tons of companies, you know, from uh, home, like medical supplies and all this stuff, cleaning supplies, all of this. You can't expect that wages are going to be standardized across every single one of their companies. True. But I also think that a handful of breweries owned by one big brewery is a little different story there. I wish I'd looked in to see if one of the breweries uh, that's unionized now is is Goose Island. I think they might be. And I think the cost of living between Portland and, and Chicago is a little bit different. So I could see there being a difference in the compensation rates. Like you're saying, they may not be getting paid as well. And now it may be horrible. I don't, I didn't look in, there's no information about who's getting paid what at all that I can get to. So maybe a huge discrepancy between who's getting paid what, but if you just, if it's a, a issue of cost of living differences, I could see why they might, they might get paid more in Chicago. It's an ex- more expensive place to live. Having lived Makes in sense. Portland, unless you're living downtown Portland, which is a little spendy, but having lived in Portland, if you're outside of it at all, you can you can live pretty frugally if you'd want to. So gotcha. Yeah. Okay. And you know, just because I think it ties in, we were talking about the Georgia unions and that. 
a teaser for some news that we will have more news on next week, Brian. Uh, beer bill dropped in Georgia oh. uh, for our brewers. And uh, we haven't had a chance to review the bill and get all the details together. Uh, but we're going for self-distro here for some limited self-distribution. We're trying to get our brewers to get the right to be able to make charitable donations to nonprofits directly. Right now they have to kind of go through a distributor. Uh, there is some verbiage in there to allow breweries to sell beer from other breweries. Because right now, if you are, Georgia has two licenses that you can brew under. There's a brewery and a brew pub. Uh, brew pub is technically a retailer by the letter of the law with a special permit to brew. Since they're classified as a retailer, they can sell beer from anyone. Yeah. But yeah. a brewery can only sell their product. So right now you can't go into a big brewery in Georgia and they can't sell, they can't do a collab with their friend on the other side of town and sell it in their tap room. That's illegal. So they're trying to work that yeah, out. Whoever brews it has to be the whoever one that brews it. it is the one yeah, that sells it. It's unfortunate. But they're working to change some of those things. Uh, the self distribution, for one thing, Brian, five years ago, well, I was going to say it would probably be a showstopper, but the distributor said directly that was a showstopper. It just yeah. didn't happen. But the climate in Georgia has changed over the last five years. We have, I think, nearly triple the breweries we did in like 2016. And we're getting to the point where we have some smaller breweries there where, in all honesty, it's not in a distributor's best interest to pick up one of those accounts for those limited amounts and it would actually be good for them. If there's some, there will be controls. If this passes, there will be controls in there on how much and what can be distributed. Uh, but it could be an, it could be a win-win. We, the timing may be right. I, I think in, in, in the particular cases, some breweries that are intentionally not going to grow to a point where they'll ever go into distribution, sure, Absolutely. but if they could distribute, they might uh, on a limited basis. And like you said, there's no reason for a distributor to get involved in that. Yeah. It's a waste of their time. So it makes a lot of sense. Otherwise, those th those brewers are just going to be held back. That's sure. a sale they could make that's right. just not going to be able to. And, it, you know, we could have something here right now where a very small brewery, and we have a handful of extremely small breweries here, uh, where let's say they wanted to work with their friends at the pub down the street and do a, a, an event or something like that, or they wanted to brew a special beer for them. If they did a small batch, let's say they were on a pilot batch of a barrel, you know, and they get a handful of kegs out of it, that still has to go through a distributor right now. Yep, yep. You know, but if they had a small amount, hey, you know what? Joe and Schmo's Brew Pub or Joe and Schmo's Bar and Grill Down is having their fifth anniversary. They've been a great customer to us. Let's do a special beer. For, let's get a couple special beers for them. And they do have something in there. Correct me if I'm wrong. I believe you mentioned this. I didn't see the text of it, that they would lift a cap on what you could sell to consumers in right. a day, allowing them to, to sell a keg, right? Yes, yeah. they are trying to, to lift that as well, because right now it's capped for on-site sales to a consumer for to-go is capped at 288 ounces, so basically a case of beer. Uh, so right now you still cannot go to a brewery in Georgia and buy like a sixth keg of beer, half barrel or whatever. Can't do it. It's illegal. And, and the... It, it, people that argue against that don't realize that people will do this for special events, weddings, parties, sure, whatever else, like malt, things that are unusual. It's not it, it's not unusual to need a keg of beer for something. It is not. Without anybody thinking that you're going to sit there and just polish off the whole just keg Just pound yourself. a keg of beer. I might, but most yes. people won't. Most people would yes. not. We're going to take a break right now so Brian can pound a keg. You're listening to the Beer Guys Radio Show, and we'll be right back. Have you been to the Nest Kennesaw yet? Hi, I'm Adam, owner of the Nest in historic downtown Kennesaw, and I want to personally invite you to visit us. 
With the best damn barbecue in town, 48 taps of always rotating craft beers, a dog-friendly patio, all in two conjoined historical homes, we know there's something for you at the Nest Kennesaw. Find us at thenestkennesaw.com to start drooling over that menu, or go ahead and grab your friends, your family, or just yourself and come on in for a pint. The Nest Kennesaw, can't wait to have you at our table. Follow the Beer Guys on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Your revolution is over, Mr. Lombowski. Condolences, the bomb's lost. Now, back to the Beer Guys Radio Show. Welcome back to the Beer Guys Radio Show. If you enjoy the show, please consider supporting us on Patreon. Just go to patreon.com slash beerguys. Patrons get cool perks like Beer Guys swag and commercial-free episodes. Now let's get back to the show. Brian, we've got a couple Oregon stories. We do. Oregon stories out here. And we mentioned this on the show before, but I think we just brushed on it. But the legendary Oregon Brewers Festival has been canceled, and we got some updated info that there is the potential this is for good. Yeah, based on uh, it, it was canceled not directly due to the pandemic, but the increase in costs, the declining attendance, which may be feeding into where the beer industry is going right now, and ongoing issues with the hospitality industry. The hospitality industry was kind of pandemic-led, I think. The event organizers are putting it on pause. It's definitely off this year, and we can't expect it to return in 2024. And uh, that's, I mean, honestly, that's what we know at this point in time. It's okay. It's on pause, and they say they will bring it back if it becomes feasible for them to do so. Like, it has to work, and uh, there's not really good outline for how that's got to work. My guess is it's they've got to be able to, you know, not br- lose money on it. So This is something you may not even know, Brian, that I'm going to share with you now. I doubt that. I know everything. Uh, did you know that Owen Ogletree retri- retired Classic City Brewfest? Oh, did he? Oh, no, so, I did not know so, that. Yes. Wow. So, like how, after when did 25 that happen? years, he retri- retired the Classic City Brewfest. Now, there is another group that's picked up to do another festival in Athens. Oh. Uh, for the non-locals, Classic City Brewfest uh, was put on by Owen Ogletree. You have heard us talk about Owen before with the Atlantic Cascal tasting and some other events. He does beer tours with Brewtopia events. But cl- 25 years, Brian, since... Uh, the 90s, as they call it. He's been doing that. And uh, he, do did call it offici- the 90s. he did officially retire the Classic City Brewfest. Oh, did, was that a, that, that must have been really recent because I, I guess I missed that. Oh, you said you knew everything. So. Uh, I thought I did. Yeah, Apparently, so, that was not whispered into my ear. And new more, uh, new more. I can't speak. Uh, no. More beer fest news. Sweetwater 420 Festival. Big change for them this year, Brian. That's a really so good point. They have always held that at Centennial, or not always, but recently, I should say. They started smaller. Uh, but the last several years, they've held it at Centennial Olympic Park with big headlining acts like like uh, uh, Snoop Dogg one year. Yeah. Now, if you have not been to the brewery in Atlanta, it's large. I it's mean, they've got large. a lot of space yeah. there. So, yes, it's smaller than Centennial Olympic Park, but it's not like taking this to your neighborhood brewery. They've got a lot of space there. True. I think they could still pull off a couple of different stages there. Yes. With a little bit of work. I sure. think they could still pull that off. And uh, this is speculation. Sweetwater has not commented on this and uh there's actually a different company that does 420 festival for them uh but neither have made comment to validate this but in georgia we've got some weird gun laws here that prevents you from banning bringing guns into events at public spaces and so there is speculation that one of the reasons may have been is if they take it to sweetwater brewery that is private property and they are able to prohibit firearms being brought on there because let's face it the 420 Fest, 
attracts a lot of people who like to do beer and other things. 422. And you don't really want a bunch of crossfaded people out there toting around firearms. Yeah, it's probably a really bad idea. And I believe, I believe it's not that it matters to anybody that might do it, act up. I think it may be still against a lot of carry when you're intoxicated. It, Is that, am so, I right on that? I don't I know. Don't know. I don't, I don't know. know. I do know that if you use your firearm, even if it's in self-defense or something, if you're intoxicated, that's going to be taken as a consideration. And okay. I don't, again, I hate saying anything that I don't know for sure, but I believe that discharging a firearm while under the influence in and of itself may be an illegal act. And it's definitely, Let's just make up what we don't know. That's true. Let's just state it as fact. That's what the news does. I, it's exactly, exactly right. And it is definitely frowned on to discharge a firearm in the city limits, or so yeah. I've learned. Yeah. So, Any, yeah. Anyhow, it is. But back to Oregon, Brian, some interesting news, not beer news, but liquor related. And this is pretty big, man. This is a pretty big deal. Yes. And because we love bourbon and bourbon barrels and what they do with beer and scandals in general, uh, we have found out that the executive director of Oregon's Liquor Regulatory Agency resigned Monday, but actually fired. He was asked, asked to step down, but he, he was allowed to I resign because, because he and other senior officials are under criminal investigation for illegally diverting, theoretically illegally, allegedly illegally, diverting uh, rare and allocated bourbons like your pappies and whatnot for per- personal use. They claim that uh, they pay for these, these bourbons, but, uh, and they did not resell them but they may have given them around as gifts. So the Oregon ethics laws prohibit public officials from using confidential information in the course of their business for personal gains. So they were basically gaming the book so they could buy all of the Buffalo Trace antique collection stuff, your George T. Staggs, your Pappy, your Weller, uh, I don't know, say the Weller antique collection. There's a lot of them. There's a, there's a bunch of really highly sought after Sazerac, bourbons out there. Your, your forest, old Forester birthday bourbons, which is a personal favorite of mine. So these guys were, were basically using their connections and their information to be able to buy all of it for themselves. They the claim they never sold being it. that they were literally with the liquor board, right? Correct. Yeah. Now, app- do it. apparently they were using a liquor store that was near where their office was to actually do the buying. So they were trying to make it as legal as possible, but them them gaming the books like this looks like it flies afoul of the uh, the Oregon laws. So the fact that a 500 square foot Sitco station at the yeah <laughs> down on the corner is getting all the BTAC collection yeah. there. Yeah, How it's do like, you have Pappy. It's like oh no no that's reserved that's, that's reserved. reserved. So that yeah. that's the interesting thing. They seriously would uh, have I don't know I wouldn't say it was necessarily a, a uh, you know Circle K or whatever uh, a gas station Strange or whatever are it's possible yeah at the Circle K it might as well have been but they were they would seriously leave the office. And go over and pick it up. It'd be yeah. reserved for them because they got special treatment, you know. Sure. Uh, so yeah, they now lost this, their job, and they're uh, seriously they could go to jail for some of this yeah. too. Yeah, the liquor board doesn't play around with that stuff. No, you know? not and, at all. Or the government, I guess the liquor board does, apparently, according to uh to the the news here. But uh, you know, these things are lotteried. They're they're allocated. They're lotteried. You know, these are people beg to get them, and I guarantee these guys weren't paying what a consumer would have paid. Oh, absolutely not. I'm sure there wasn't, there wasn't any markup. People knew who they were. That's the reason they were able to do it. And considering this is happening in Oregon, this is way away from Kentucky. Their allocation is going to be a lot smaller than it would be place near in the South. Like us, it's just, they're not going to get the same amount. I know I've lived there. Cause I think it's all based on what do you sell? There's true. I saw, I saw something recently, Brian, I think it was for Weller 12 possibly, which is, it's not an allocated and all of that, or I guess it's limited. But the Weller 12 is one that's an affordable bourbon that just moves quick because it's 
really good. Yeah. Uh, but I saw a sign where saw a liquor store put up that says you vodka in order to buy one bottle of Weller 12 because that's what we have to do. So the distributor oh. is forcing you got to buy two cases of this vodka to get a case of Weller 12. Well, as they say, the dookie runs downhill. It does, man. <laughs> it does. You, you know what? You got to buy two bottles of this uh, mid-tier vodka to get your get your bourbon. I think it might have been Buffalo Trace that just announced they had doubled their capacity for distilling. Yeah. I think I saw that this week. I'm not sure if – I think it was Buffalo Trace. I'm, I'm, Four Roses, probably Buffalo Trace. I, they mentioned Weller in it. I'm pretty sure it's Buffalo Trace. We need to set our mission on just – we need to go and just, like, work the alphabet left to right and try a lot of mid-tier bourbons because we know there's a lot of good stuff out there that just doesn't have the hype behind it. And that's why Weller 12 forever didn't fly the way it True. does now. Yeah. So let's find them. Sadly, sadly, I became aware of Weller 12 being a great a great bourbon shortly before everybody else did. So I got a couple yeah. of bottles at 20, 20 some bucks a, a pop, and then they disappeared for a long time. Well, that's I had someone, uh, I had a pocket knife that I purchased and then didn't like it. And it was, uh, to most people, this would be a very expensive knife. In the knife nerd world, it's kind of a mid-range knife, but it was like a $400 pocket knife. And so I was spendy. looking, yeah, it's yeah. spendy, but I mean, these things can go for 2000. So this is kind of in the mid range there, uh, but not a cheap knife, I say, but I put it up for sale and someone made an offer to trade and they're like, Hey, I've got several bottles of Weller 12. And I'm like, man, you're not going to give me a case of this though. Cause I'm thinking, what is it? $30 or so on the shelf. That's what it used to be. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> no, he was, he thought I was ridiculous. He's like, no, of course not. He's like, I'm going to give so, you one bottle. Yeah. Like, that's, so he was basically no. looking at the, you know, the aftermarket price or whatever they call it. And I don't, I don't do that. The I'm secondary gonna, market. The, or the secondary market. market. Yeah. So I'm not about secondary market price for things. You know, if I can't get it at, at retail or, cl- or close to it, there's some things, but I'm not going to pay, or trade $100 in value for a $30 bourbon. I will pay, pay a slight premium. Like if I were to find Old Forester birthday bourbon around and it were more than I paid by even possibly as, even as much as double as I used to pay for it when I was able to find it, I'd consider getting it because I did yeah. like that a lot. It's a fun, special bourbon. And it's one to trot out when it's your birthday. It's like, oh, it's a birthday bourbon. It's my birthday and it's really good. So I do a benefit analysis, Brian. Is the price that I pay for this, does it justify that specific item's existence? If I were to pay half that price on a different item, could I match that quality? You know, and I look at that with everything, cigars, beers, pocket knives, you know, where does the quality land in relation to the price? And what you value it isn't necessarily what I would value. It. Very true. Very but true. Brian, that is it. That's all we have time for today. Thank you all so much for joining us. Make sure to come back and hang out with us next week. For more Crapper info, follow us on all the socials, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. We are Beer Guys Radio. Thanks again for tuning in. Have a great week, and don't forget to drink local. Cheers. Cheers.